Christchurch, New Malden, 12th of July 2020. Tim Davis speaking on Finding Help Through Prayer. For many years, I used to help lead a CPAS summer venture for 9 to 12-year-olds from churches all around the country. Uh, these were brilliant holidays for young people to learn all about God and Christianity. And amongst the myriad activities, we also found time to try and learn a verse from the Bible each day. Uh, these memory verses were taught in a variety of entertaining and amusing ways. Uh, but one of the best ways we found was to use a, a familiar song and just change the words. Uh, and we're going to do that uh, first off today uh, with one half of a verse from Psalm 17 that we heard read to us. And we're going to learn this verse uh, and we're going to do it by using the classic tune of With Jesus in the Boat You Can Smile Through the Storm. Now if you don't know the tune, uh, not to worry, it's very easy to pick up. And if you don't know the words to With Jesus in the Boat, then don't worry either because you're not using them today and they're easily found online. So anyway, here is the verse. It's uh, Psalm uh, chapter uh, 17, verse 6a. So the first half of verse uh, 6. And let's sing it together. Join in once you get the tune. So it goes like this. I pray to you, O God, because you answer me. Answer me. Answer me. I pray to you, O God, because you answer me. Psalm 17, verse 6a. Psalm 17, verse 6a. Psalm 17, verse 6a. I pray to you, O God, because you answer me. Psalm 17, verse 6a. What an easy way to learn a bit of the Bible. But what we've learned in a nutshell is basically why we pray. Why do we say prayers? Well, it's because God hears us and God answers us. And so as we think about how in these unique, challenging and uncertain times we find ourselves in, we can find help through prayer, this is perhaps the best place to start. Prayer is the way in which we communicate with God. It's the amazing, permanent, direct line to God. And we're going to look at two different people in the Bible today, David and Paul, and look at when they prayed in times of need and see what we can learn about how we can find help through prayer. So starting off with David in Psalm 17, this is a psalm of an innocent man appealing to God for help and for justice. David is praying to God, calling out to him. I didn't do anything wrong, God, he says. I don't do anything wrong. You know this. You can look into my heart and see that I love you and obey you and do not stray from the path you have set before me. So please, God, save me from my enemies. Save me from those who persecute me. It's a prayer that might feel familiar to all of us. God, help me. Things are going wrong. Do something. But that's not what prayer is about. We don't treat God as some sort of prayer vending machine. I need help with this, God, so I'm going to pop in a prayer and get out an answer. And it'll be the answer I want. No. What prayer is about is meeting with God. David spent so much time just meeting with God in prayer, talking to him. And in doing so, he remembers all that God has done for him and his goodness towards him. 
sometimes our lives can get so out of shape and messy that they're the complete upside down of how they're meant to be. What we focus our energy and attention on, what becomes the main concerns and priorities in our lives, is not God. It's our job, our lack of job, it's our family, it's our health, our finances. We juggle all these things, trying to manage them all, when our priority should always, first of all, be God. Instead of trying to manage how we prioritise different areas of our lives at different times, it should be God who is at the top. The number one priority in life should be our relationship with him. When God is there, above all else, then we are able to take the mess and struggle and give it to God. And that comes by meeting with God every day. We pray to God because it's how we meet with him every day. What I love about David is how he finishes this psalm. He is so confident and assured in God's faithfulness. And he isn't worrying about his troubles. He's delighting in the joy of the Lord. But I will see you because I have done no wrong. And when I awake, your presence will fill me with joy. When prayer becomes part of our daily life and we spend time talking to God, remembering all he has done for us, then joy can fill our hearts too. Already the prayer for help is being answered. I know I'm fearful at the moment, Lord, but when I talk to you, I know I'm in the presence of the God who has given it all for me and who loves me and who cares for me as his special precious child. Someone else who was filled with joy as he prayed was Paul, as we heard in the reading from the start of his letter to the Philippians. Now, just to set the scene, Paul is writing to the Philippians. It's a church he established a few years previously, and it is thriving. Paul loves the Philippians, and they love him. They have been steadfast in their support for him and obedient to his teaching. He is as happy as he can be. Which is surprising, really, considering that at the time of writing, he's actually in jail. Uh, now, I'm pretty certain that if I was in jail in the middle of the first century, my opening words in a letter would not be, I thank my God every time I remember you. They'd probably be something like, get me out of here! Bribe whoever you need to, and if that doesn't work, then bring a dozen armed men and bust me out when the guards are sleeping. But Paul doesn't say anything like that. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I always pray with joy. Prayers of joyful thankfulness are a hallmark of the opening sentences of Paul's letters, and joy in particular is a word that Paul uses time and time again in his letter to the Philippians. You know, Paul's in prison, denied his freedom, and yet here he is, praying with joy. For Paul, it doesn't matter where he is. It doesn't matter what circumstances he finds himself in. What is important to him is the life that he has now in Christ. 
The grace that he has received from God, the love that penetrated his heart and now dwells in it, replacing the hatred and desire for persecution that once consumed him with joy. And his prayers are therefore an outpouring of that joy. When we talk to God and become aware of his presence in our lives, we are filled with joy, just as the psalmist and Paul were. When we seek help through prayer, how many of us expect to pray joyfully? How often are our prayers like utterly joyless? Probably most of the time, it seems to me. God, I'm struggling. I'm utterly despairing. God, help me. God, please heal my friend. Paul had so many reasons to pray like that. But his prayers instead were filled with joy. What a difference it could make to the way we pray, to the way we see God and how we understand our relationship with him, if we prayed with joy. If God is just the person we go to when we are in need, then he just becomes our prayer vending machine. Our priority instead should be to worship him in joyful and joy-filled prayer and praise. It's as if Paul has discovered the secret to real joy. The answer is found in Christ. In verses 9 to 11, he says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Prayer really works for me as a regular reminder that I am saved, that I am full of worth to God and valued by God. In meeting with God through prayer, I can start to let go of the burdens that are troubling me and instead be filled with the joy that is found in the love and grace of God. These aren't just empty words. This is something I find myself having to do each day. I'm at my loneliest when I'm furthest from God's presence. When I don't want to talk to God because I'm angry or down or feeling helpless or afraid, then that's when I need to stop and start talking to God, meeting with him. And that's when I can start to think about God's love. It's when I can start to think about the fellowship and love I have with God and with others through him. It's when I start to gain an understanding of how Paul can be so filled with joy when he prays and when he knows others are praying for him too. The gospel brings joy. So when Paul prays, it's with the knowledge that to live the gospel is everything. It is what brings and gives and sustains a joy-filled life. Philippians is one of those books in the Bible that is filled with verses that are familiar to us, ones that are quoted regularly throughout the world to inspire, encourage, teach, reinforce. And one of those famous verses is in verse 21. For me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul doesn't see life as a series of peaks and troughs. He's not someone who you can ask, are you a glass half full or a half empty kind of guy? 
He is someone assured in the saving grace of the Father and whose sole desire is to live a life that can only be defined as Christ. When we see someone we've not had any contact with for a few months, and for many of us that's kind of be you know, quite a long list at the moment, but the first thing you do is ask one another, how's it going? And the response you get might be, well, you know, it's been a difficult few months, or it might be, yeah, great, everything's been amazing, or the non-committal, it's been all right, please don't ask me to elaborate further. But I think if you ask Paul, how's it going? His answer is, my life is Christ. It defines who Paul is, a man defined by his faith. When Christ is all we need, then the peaks and troughs of life don't matter. Corrie ten Boom, the Dutch Christian who was imprisoned and sent to a concentration camp during the Second World War for helping Jews escape the Nazi Holocaust, said, You may never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. This is something Paul absolutely epitomises in his life and in his prayers. In life or in death, he is confident and covered by the power of God's great love. His only desire is to know Christ. The more we meet God through prayer, the more we will know of his great love and the more we will know Christ. There are lots of different ways we can pray. If you're used to just joining in with the prayers in church online and saying Amen at the appropriate moment, that's great. But why not try doing something different? You could pray the daily office, search for it online and pray with Christians every morning or evening or night or even all three. Or how about reading a psalm aloud as a prayer to God? Pick a psalm of praise such as Psalm 24. Meditate on each verse or couple of verses. Or maybe do the same with each line of the Lord's Prayer. And as you do so, pray not just for God's help in your life, but more importantly, ask for God's joy to fill your life. Because that's the answer to prayer when we're seeking help. Normally at this stage in our online service, another member of the church leadership would say some prayers, which you can listen to and join in with an amen. But what we're going to do now is have the opportunity to pray ourselves. So if you're listening to this online or on a recording, get ready to pause at each opportunity for prayer. You don't need fancy words to pray to God. You're talking to him as you. An authentic prayer is one which, is your, which uses your words. They can be angry. They can be clumsy. They can be expressions of love that sound weird. But what you really say to God, what you really want to say to God. So let's start by praying to God for help. Perhaps you might want to take a moment to write down some things that are on your mind and then in your words, talk to God about them. When you finish, then continue listening to this talk. Now let's pray for joy and let's pray joyfully. In this time for your own prayer, 
Talk to God about the great things in life. Talk to God about what it means to you to be his precious child, loved by him, saved by him. And if that's something you find a struggle, then pray for that joy to fill your life. And once you've done that, then continue with this talk. It's important that we pray for others, just as Paul did, and pray with joy in our hearts. So now, think of someone or some people that you want to pray for. Name them. Tell God why you want to pray for them. But also be willing to listen to God and willing to see what you can do with God's help to assist the persons you're praying for. Take as long as you want and then continue with this talk. And finally, let's pray for help again. Talk to God about whatever's still on your mind. Or perhaps there was something you thought wasn't important enough to talk about God previously, or you forgot. Or maybe it's something you didn't want to talk to God about. If so, why hold on to it? We can meet with God at any time, but why put it off until later? Let's pray to God, seek his help, receive his joy. Amen.